0: Hey guys, welcome to the Mercy Hill podcast. We got some guests here that I'm introduced. My name is Ernie. I'm the lead pastor. And we're talking about work. And these guys have some significant experience in that area that I think we could all learn from. And as we go through these questions that you have asked, and you have asked so many great questions. But let's start by like introducing one another, who we are, what we do work-wise, a little bit of that history. Kevin, why don't you start us out over here?
1: I'm always going first. What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Kevin McGrew. I'm a CEO and founder of the EverSocial Group. It's a digital marketing agency. And um, a little bit about my background. I've worked for Fortune 500 companies in my early career to small startups and eventually wanted to do my own thing. And so uh, for the last 25 years, I've Pretty much had my own business going one way or another, and currently have my digital marketing agency and have uh, investments and advisory roles in other businesses that I work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Kevin, how long have you been doing that for? Wow. Oh, this, the digital
1: marketing, 11 years. 11 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: And then all the other adventures before that. Before that, yeah.
1: Right. So, So I've been I'm pretty much working since I was about 14. Grew up... Um, both my parents had their own businesses. One had a pizzeria. Mm. My dad had a trucking business. And um, between, you know, working forklifts and loading trucks to um, delivering pizzas, I was working since before I could drive. I was driving. Mm. I was delivering pizzas at 14. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> when the delivery your driver didn't you show up, it's like, oh, yes, it's me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> your your anyway. dad got you your first fake ID? Hey, pretty pretty much. Yeah, it, right? Pretty yeah.
1: much, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, yeah, I've been... Kind of always
0: working. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, man. Absolutely. Jim?
2: Yeah, I'm Jim Neal. Um, I work for a company now called Calumet Specialty Partners, and I'll be there for another three weeks. And so I've turned in my retirement from that stage of my career uh, with this company. So, But I've been self-employed primarily my entire career. So very similar story. Um, my, my parents were more manufacturing-driven and worked in those type of environments, but... Uh, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit, and I tried probably five to six different businesses, and landed with the candle business for almost twenty years, and then then moved to the wax supply business. Long long story, but sold that company a couple years ago. Um, now I work with the company. This company here is uh, it's more of a corporate environment. I've never been in that environment, so it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. for me. And, huh. and then all of a sudden, working from home. So, huh. and then back and forth to to Muncie, my hometown. Yeah, uh, weekly.
0: You've had some like interesting like connections too within your work. Like you work with your wife.
2: Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's been interesting. Right. That's an interesting connection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and your
0: sons work for you. Right. Right. You yeah. Know? So-, so
2: it really started with family. So our candle business. Uh, I my my mother in law worked for us and aunts and so yeah. I've had. Uh, a lot of experience with family and the work environment, and mostly good, so I can't really complain. Okay, so, well very, we're going to
0: need to hear the secrets back. Yeah, of that, cause yeah, it's, that's it's story. Story. yeah, it's true. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Jesse. I started working as creative director for Doxology Bible Church for our youth and college ministries back in was it 2012, 2013. Oh, eleven. You. Yeah, I think. some 2011. Uh, and then after that, I moved into a communications director role for Doxology Bible Church, and then just about a year ago, uh, started my own business doing web design, graphic design, and videography. And so I'm Ooh. doing that doing that now.
4: Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Hazel McCleskey, and I'm Jesse's wife. Um, and I, my experience is that I've been a physical therapist for the last nine years, actually, um, got my doctorate, and so I've been doing that. And then we had a baby, and so I did the stay at home mom thing for about six months. And then when, after we moved up here, I actually started working for Mercy Church. And so now I'm the city leader is my title. So that's yeah. what I've been doing now.
0: So you guys have done like a reverse role. You went from working in the workforce now to working in right. church. Yeah. You're working church now. You're an entrepreneur starting your own business. <laughs> yep. the yep. work world. Yeah. It's a yep. little role
3: the little reverse. right there. Yeah. Switcheroo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to have
0: a McCluskey working for me, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Always. Yeah. That's a key to success. Yes, it is. It's my <laughs> secret sauce. So, yeah. 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 Well, my name is Ernie, as I said earlier, and and my work experience is very, very similar to a lot of y'all start working at a young age and some kind of part job wherever. And then, in fact, as I was thinking through this, a lot of my work experience is through entrepreneurial stuff. So maybe, you know, God was preparing me to be a church planner all along. I started one of my first jobs was working at a restaurant that just started up and, and we went through all the business. I didn't run it, but I was a part of it. And it was joined a college ministry that I was working for it. was a startup. And then we started a youth ministry and we started a college ministry in, in Texas. And then now we're starting a church. I'm a lead pastor of a church. Um, and And one thing that I... My wife will attest is that I have a hard time sitting still, and I'm always thinking about new business, new ideas, new things. And uh, from crawfish company that I did for a while in mm-hmm. Texas, that was kind of fun. And then always randomly thinking about other stuff to do. Mostly flipping houses is the kind of thing we do right now on our own houses, which is. <laughs> I hope we'll end soon. <laughs> while you live in them, right? Yes, yeah. while we live in them. Right? <laughs> yes. so, the best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, sure it's not. It's actually quite awful. But, you know, uh, but anyways, we heard Chris Cook come in and give yeah. a great sermon about work in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. And if you hadn't been able to watch that video, I really encourage you to watch it uh, and catch up on this conversation. And if you haven't, you're hearing it, you may look at that passage and go, wait, this is talking about slaves and talking about masters. How does that relate to work? And Chris did a great job of explaining mm-hmm. that in a, in a very fantastic way. But I even want to take, as he called the elephant in the room, take a minute before we get into these questions to address a little bit even more of that, that I think is sheds greater light to... That passage, and it, it, me as the pastor, I get to give the theological information in this area. But one of the things you'll notice is that if you look, read it in the ESV, uh, you'll see that it says bondservant. Mm-hmm. And bondservant is different than uh, like a regular slave. Slaves in the ancient world were gathered through conquest um, of other countries, or they were gathered because, of, because they owed debt. And so if, they, or if, you could, if you owed somebody money, you would work that money off for a certain amount of years. And a bond servant was a particular kind of servant that after working off their debt and were able to go free, it would be a per, kind of person that would say, no, actually I want to enter back into this relationship. I prefer this, um, this kind of employment. So what they would do is they would it, symbolically, especially for the Jews, what they would do is they would hammer their ear to the door, the threshold of the house. It's a statement of saying, "This is where I am forever." Like, and so once you entered into, like you are a bond servant, like you could never get out of it. And so he's speaking to these people who have, who have actually chosen to go back into this lifestyle for whatever reason, maybe because, and I think. That's hard for us as Americans to understand because our picture of slavery in the ancient world was very different. Like one of the things that made slavery so evil in America and during that times is we took humans and we acted like they weren't humans. Right. Right. We removed their humanity from them. Uh, Whereas humans in the ancient world were always human, but we sometimes, what what, what, uh, Paul's, Charge to them was to make sure you always treat them as human, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a regular thing we need to do as people, like as bosses. And as, and so that relationship of a bond servant and a, a, a slave master was was more like an, a, someone who has chosen to work there and an employer, you know, it, it was just, but it was unique about as you couldn't quit your job, mm-hmm. you know, you chose that profession, that's the direction you're going the rest of your life. And what's unique about that that really crosses over is that it's very easy, I think, for bosses to see people as a means to an end that work for them. Yeah. Right. And it's very easy for people uh, that, that, are, that work for bosses to feel that way and to be used that way. And so those things really cross over much more than what we do. If you don't know the history behind that, you can look at that those couple verses, and it would be very off-putting to you. Like, mm. oh, wait, slaves, this... Because what we think about is something that happened in the early America-European conquest of taking people, claiming they're not human, so we can do awful things to them. Sure, That was not ancient world picture of slavery that Paul's talking about here in bond servanthood. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so if you're new and you didn't get the chance to watch it, or if you did watch it, it may also... Enlighten you a bit more into that picture about how we got here about talking about work and bosses. Okay. So with that said, let's jump into these questions because there's a lot of them and I can monologue for a long time. That's what pastors do. You know, <laughs> uh, we like to keep short sermons at Marcial Church, you know, and so we'll keep short little monologues here. But here's the first question. It says, uh, somebody asked, how do I engage my coworkers when they are significantly older than me? So I think this person works in an environment, they're new to their job, probably first their first job, like real career job, but most of the people are much more advanced their age. Like, how do I find community and relationships with people that are significantly older than me? That
2: must be why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go, because uh, you know, it was obviously the first one I saw, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense for me to be here for that one. Um, you know, I think we we put these borders up as people. Like, you know, always hear age. As you get older, everybody says age is just a number. I mean, there is, you know, it's where we're different places in lives, but we still have common interests. You know, we still, we still, those of us that are Christians are Christians, whether we're twenty two or fifty two, and. And then we we either have children or we have grandchildren or we we have parents. So there's there's a lot of sports, you know, especially mm-hmm. being in Cincinnati right now. So there's there's just those common themes that we can kind of just lean to 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 bridge that age gap. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah
0: yeah yeah. I'll jump in. Yeah.
2: Um, I know when
1: I was young younger, uh, uh, being an entrepreneur, I, you know, I had a lot of older people, investors, people around me, and it was kind of Awkward in how do I relate to these people? You know, having those things in common, as you said. And I think the thing that helped me was um, I got some wisdom from somebody is is really just be yourself. Like let go of that image gap, or you know, like sometimes we perceive ourselves as the young kid on the block or new new person. Always act with respect. I think you know, showing respect lowers the drawbridge, I call it. We all have moats and we all have these castles that we create mm-hmm. in our environments. Mm-hmm. And so if you see it that way and you walk up and you have something to offer, they're willing to lower their drawbridge, you know? Um, and so add value, you know, it's like, how can I help you carry your books? You know, that was, or how can I help you carry your briefcase or whatever it is, right? Uh, it just shows, that you're willing to humble yourself a little bit into their environment. You know, that helped me. And then um, just seeking to be mentored or, you know, to gain wisdom. You know, um, Mm -hmm. hey, you really know this part of the business. I would love to learn from you. You know, I think people always want to teach somebody who's willing to learn. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think if we kind of have – these are just tools you could use, but – You know, if you really go in with that attitude, you really can't lose, in my opinion, you know, Mm -hmm. and it does open the doors. And I think that lowers the those uh, expectations or, you know, those feelings to where just uh, normal stuff happens, you know, in relationship building. It's just about relationship building, you know. Mm
4: When I would think as the older person, you don't necessarily want to reach, like, behind, you know, to the person that's younger and just, like, assume that they want help. Right. Because um, you want to help them, like, you know, set up a foundation or whatever and just give them the space to do what they want to do. So as the younger person coming to you and saying, like, hey, I need help or what do you have to show me or I'd love to be mentored by you, I would think that that would be something you'd be really open to and, like, really grateful to hear that question.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, I didn't realize it when I was younger, how people feel like that. And right. I think when you're younger, especially if you're an independent thinker, you don't want to show weakness. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was a struggle for me. Now, being older, I see that in a lot of young people. Yeah. I've had to just keep my mouth shut and wait for them to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're when they ask and ask genuinely, I am like, "How can I help?" You know, and I've seen right. that with like Dylan. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's just like, "Oh wow, you have some." You know, you've been through stuff with your marriage, and you know, I'm I'm one year into this and. I have a bunch of questions I want to ask you, you know. I'm like, oh, awesome. Let's go for lunch, you know, kind of thing, you know. So that's more how we started a relationship versus, you know, just trying to do business stuff, you know. So a lot of times it is that uh, seek to understand before being understood,
0: Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think this isn't a unique thing at work, sports. Like, it's your neighborhood, too. Right. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. I think for many of our college students, they spend four years where everyone around them is in their exact, like within four years. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's weird to hang out with a freshman as a senior. And it's, and all of a sudden you move into a neighborhood and there's somebody, there's a couple that's retired over there and there's a couple that has new children. And then there's a, you know, a couple that has teenagers. Like it's just completely different. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a challenge to learn, but you just got to keep, I think, just having a tenacity to build relationships with people and meet with them at. Uh, here's the next question. Uh, most of my coworkers aren't Christians. What's the best way to balance being, being both missional with non believers and spending time in godly community? Uh, are connection groups and Sunday morning enough outside of daily time in the word and prayer? Hmm.
4: I really like that question, and I think it goes to like who sits at your wisdom table, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, we want to have friends. We want to be missional. We want to be friends with non-believers. We want to seek out um, to try to de- to try to develop relationships with them. But then that's not necessarily who like I'm going to for really like advice or like deep connection. Um, I want accountability and and wisdom from people that I'm close to that are believers. And so I think if you've got a, if in connection group, you know, you've got a core group of believers that you're around, then if the rest of your friends are non-believers, that's great. Because that's a huge mission field for you to be a part of.
1: Very well said. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I love the idea of a wisdom table. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've I've Mm -hmm. thought about like this, like, who do you allow to speak into your heart? Like, right. I have yeah. several friends, you know, that, that I love and seek advice, professional advice or relational advice or whatever. But there's just this, this guarded area of that. And, and I think, too, like a question that just came up is like, hey, are you taking advantage of if you feel amiss for a godly community and you're going to Kinesh Group on Sunday morning and like, are you taking advantage of those times? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, because you can go to church and be guarded. You can go to Kinesh Group, be guarded. Right and 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 never have those deep seated moments that you have with other believers that fill you up on a regular basis you know um I think those are necessary to take full charge of and go like full like take full advantage of and then so that when you do walk into your place of work or you do walk into your neighbors like you're not wanting right you know um it's really important in that area I think that's what I've seen even as a, a person who works in Christian life like You know, every employee I have is a believer in Christ, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's still areas I'm like, I can't come in wanting. I have to come in filled. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a
1: fantastic advice that's been shared. You know, the thing I would add is... Now I can just speak for me, I'm kind of an outgoing person. So I, you know, I think somebody who's an introvert versus an extrovert might have a different approach, you know, but, um, as a extrovert and, you know, I, I know a few of my early jobs were like sales jobs, working, selling office equipment, things like this, you know, you didn't know who was Christian, who wasn't, you know, kind of thing. I mean, you could definitely, the the ones that were walking, you could tell, but, I just had a real open mind and got to know my peers. And there's just some people, it's just like school. You know, you go, I don't want to hang out with that person. I like this person. You start to find your group. But I didn't kind of look at them as Christians, non-Christians so much Mm -hmm. and missional. I definitely think we, I was plugged into a business group of Christian men that were, you know, that gave me the the strength to go and be missional, I guess, in my work environment. You know, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't. Seeking that in my work environment, but some of my best friends were non Christians. Mm-hmm. Some guys I got to know go, I grew up a Christian. I just I've walked away. You know, like I I would never have known. But they, as you get to know them a little bit more intimately, you know, you, they reveal these kind of things with you, and it, it's all about relationships. But I think um, you know, missionally minded is definitely a place to be. But sometimes we can overdo it, and you know, start putting targets on people, like I'm going to, you know, do you go after that guy?
0: Yeah. I, I think you could turn people into projects and not love right. them very easily. Right. You know, and I think you got to make sure what you're, what, what is your motivation at this moment and checking your heart and going, okay, yeah, I love these people. You know, like mm-hmm. a phrase that I'll regularly say because I get out every time I meet somebody because they ask you, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And they go, oh. <laughs> and they we yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> if, but if I can push past it, get deep enough in relationships. I've had yeah. this with several of my, my, uh, my neighbors and been like, and they asked me, so do you just want to be my friend so I follow Jesus? I'm like, let me be clear. I desperately want you to follow Jesus. But whether you do or don't has no nothing to do with our friendship. Like, we're going to be friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have a relationship. We'll be neighbors. We'll be coworkers. Right? Like, yeah, like being genuine in your pursuit of people. Yeah, you know. And I'm not saying, hey, we're gonna be best friends or we're gonna forever. You know, like, it, it like we could have lots of friends in our life and have lots of relationships and have. Hey, I want to be a great coworker with you. Right. You know, I want to yeah. be supportive of you, and I want to love people well. And so those things. So the follow-up question that this person asked because I wanted to ask these two separately because it was like paragraph is how should my outreach change if slash when I get burnt out or exhausted, like constant no's to invitation, lack of seeing or of fruit. You know, I think this person's talking about, hey, how do I deal with, like, I'm ask I ask somebody to come to church or, you know, I share the gospel or I ask them to take, you know, read the Bible near something and I'm just getting lots of no's, you know, hitting walls. How do I, how do I deal with that? How, How do I, how do I, uh, push
3: past that. I think like you gotta be careful not to discount all of those things that you've already done. Mm-hmm. Um because a lot of those things plant seeds that will bear fruit later. Mm-hmm. Um like one of the things that we noticed with our neighbor um back in Texas is yeah. like one of the one of the best moments we had with them. Like we had been talking to him for, you know, a year and a half. We had invited him to church, like he knew our testimonies, things like that. Um but one of the best moments we had with him was when his son died. Um, and so when the moments of crisis came up, it gave us the opportunity to really speak into his life. And it gave us, like, they're more open than they will ever be at that point. Um, and so those those seeds that you've already planted, like, are, <clears throat> are beneficial for when those times come, when those times come. Um, and sometimes you just have to wait for that and trust that. And I'm not saying crisis is the only time that happens, but that's a good point. Um, and so sometimes you just have to wait for that and be patient and trust that the Lord's going to work.
2: It's great. You got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think, like, since we're talking about work, I mean, in the sales environment, you know, there's so many, you know, I think the statistics are you get four or five no's before you get a yes. Absolutely. So, it's like, it's, it's persistency. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I noticed even at work, I spend less time with those guys there, but there's these little opportunities that you take that, that you're not, you're not pushy. Yeah. But it's we, we just interject about you know, I have one particular guy at work that's always, you know, he's, he's he looks at Christianity and Christians as like judgmental or hypocrites yeah. or that sort of thing. So and I just and it's like, Yeah, a lot of us are you know, sort of yeah. thing. But 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 these little opportunities, but you know, fortunately we're not going to church because of that guy and you right. know and we don't have to do these things to get to heaven and so it's these little opportunities, um that you don't. are little, they're little wins and little opportunities that it's easy to miss. Yeah. And uh, but when you do get that that big yes, it's yeah. really mm-hmm. more celebratory, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the key to this is something I'm really passionate about helping people get through. And I think the key to perseverance of knows is you, you can self discipline yourself, but really it's it's having the right objectives in mind. And it's like, hey. I want to speak about Jesus not because I'm trying to check a box, but because Jesus has so impacted my life. In order for that person to actually know me, they need to know Jesus because he's so much a part of my life. And so speaking about it needs to be about it's because of who I am. You know, if you're if you're like if you're an LSU fan at Baton Rouge, like people that you work, say, in Texas or somewhere else, or even let's say Tuscaloosa, Alabama, they're going to know you're an LSU fan, <laughs> right? It's like even though they're surrounded by... Uh, I don't even say their names, okay? Uh, <laughs> you don't have to, yeah, yeah. But like, they're gonna they're gonna know that you're because it's, it's, it's so much. And that's just following a, a football team because you went to school there. Maybe you didn't, but Jesus is so much more impactful. And so that the and and when I become discouraged in those areas, it's typically because I'm looking for a, to bear fruit, right? And not let Jesus like Jesus bears fruit in our life. He calls us to abide in Him. And so if I if so like what I'm hoping is is that it's okay, I do this, this, and this, and then your part is Jesus gonna make you say yes. And what doesn't, I get discouraged and frustrated. In reality, I need to reorient my life and be like, hey, Jesus, it, it's all about you and then you're flowing through me and you're speaking to others through me. And in that, like, I know that when that's happening, I'm not worried about what they think of me. I know that God, my father is looking down. He's pleased with me because I'm following him mm-hmm. and I'm being obedient child. And that picture is actually much more motivating. Not that he would ever, if I didn't, look at me and go, I don't love you. But these are moments of like, just like the same way I look at my son. Like when my son does good things, like the delight is seen even more in my face. You know, it doesn't mean I don't love my son. Even right. when he does things that I'm incredibly disappointed about. As it, God the Father is the same way. Like His love for us couldn't be any more. But there's these moments where, when you watch your children do things that you delight in them, and knowing that God delights in you just being faithful, that that's 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 a great picture I think to hang from right there. All right, I'm talking too much. I need to move <laughs> out and let the real professionals talk. All right, here we go. Uh, here's one more question. Any tips for someone who is completely burnt out? With work, feeling trapped, that that I give forty hours of my life to a job, I know work is good, but I feel like it takes a toll on my life, and ha- and I have no energy slash desire to be involved in
2: community. I can relate to this question. I mean, it's uh, it's something I battle with in my entire career. I mean, maybe because it's self employed, it's like you just always, you know, the boundaries. I think is it's it's really important early to set those boundaries because once you get in this mode of of just work becomes your identity in life, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of my life's been that way unfortunately it's 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 like a trap like it's Satan's way of oh. just holding you back from you know blessings and 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 spreading the word and so it it's it's those early boundaries you know earlier in your career the earlier the better um and just this cadence of it's time to work, and then it's not time to work, you know. No. So because, I, you know, I'm still in, the, like, midnight, you know, my mind. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm physically working or on my computer, but in my mind I'm working. So mm. it's just shutting that off. And, that, and honestly, that's a big reason why I've just made this decision is to, you know, there's nothing that I can – I've not been able to be successful disconnecting um, mm. for after all these years. So, yeah, so that's I think.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Setting firm boundaries. Setting growing. firm boundaries. Yeah, that's
4: great. Yeah, yeah. I think rest is such a huge part of that too, right? Of like, what are you doing to rest when you're outside of work? And like, that's the first per- thing that I'm going to ask, like myself or somebody else that's actually asking me that question Ooh. across the table is like, what does rest look like? Are you actually resting, or are you on your phone scrolling and like watching Netflix? So that's totally. not truly restful. Right. And you know, like the Lord when when he created Sabbath for us, like God is the only God that that gives us rest. And he said that you're going to work for six days and then rest for one day. And so you have to work a lot for those six days to be able to prepare to fully rest for the one day. And so like, are you... It's okay to want to work hard and to, and to have to work hard, but then are you actually resting? Are you unplugging? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you, um, you know, are you truly abiding in prayer and worship and and studying your Bible? Or are you just, you know, like, and sleeping, too? Or are you just, um, you know, scrolling? Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a big difference yeah. for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, you know, I'm, I'm a work – I think if you're an entrepreneur, everything kind of – or a lead pastor, really, yeah. everything kind of flows mm-hmm. to you, right? So um, I've, I've honestly tried a lot of different things to get a handle on that. I've, I'm passionate about my business, so the, the burnt-out part comes more from just a lack of balance mm. more than – passion for the job, mm-hmm. but, you know, speaking to somebody, I think the the question was more about I'm burnt out on my job, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, one of the things I've learned through hiring a, a personal coach or a professional coach is you need balance, you know, and, you know, we, we looked at finance, you know, kind of, kind of everything took a backseat for me to work, you know, my family was definitely high on the priority list, but it was more firefighting. You know, I didn't have a proactive plan Mm -hmm. to date my kids, for example. Mm -hmm. Coaching taught me to date my kids, Mm -hmm. each kid individually, because sometimes it's like, you take them, you know. It's like, okay, you know. And um, so I kind of having a plan of balance spiritually, financially, educationally, like I find if I'm not learning, I get burnt out real quick Mm -hmm. because the the learning – Creates more inspiration and creativity in my life, right? So I'm not getting it all from work. If I depend on work, if I did depend on my wife to give me fulfillment and everything, I'm going to burn out. you Right. So, uh, you know, my advice is seek wisdom. There's a lot of great books out there. There's the Bible. You know, uh, Jesus had priorities. You know, his priority was to go spend time with God first. Then he could tend to the sheep, right? Right. And I think as a shepherd, we, we have to do that. But I think as sheep, we need is, isolated time, reading time. We need all right. these things that we're mm-hmm. building ourselves up so that we can work. Yeah. You know. So that's my opinion on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think I love how you're talking about this. Like, hey, we need to rest. We need to create boundaries. You know, We need to know what we can and can't do. And I, I think something that happens too that I've seen with a lot of young people when they enter into their first job is they don't understand how great their capacity is. Mm. I mean it's such a <coughs> it's such a transition to go from, hey, I have fifteen hours of class to I've I have forty hours to fifty hours of work. And yeah. and it is and it's changing and you're learning. And like some of you I just tell you, be patient with yourself. Like mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I've had work from you the first time and like Ernie I feel like I'm gonna die. And yeah. I'm like, I've been work I worked a hundred hours. And I'm like, okay, fill out a timesheet. And let me see, because I want to see what you're doing that I don't want you to be doing. Right. And then they show it to me. It's like 38 hours. And I'm like, actually, you need to be working like seven more hours right, right now. You know, or it's August. you need to be working like 12 more hours right now. And, and the problem is efficiency. Yes. The rest of you. It's like mm-hmm. disciplines of efficiency of going, how am I spending my time well? Are, and, and if you're doing those things, I think if you have rest, if you're creating boundaries, if you're figuring out how you can be more efficient and you still hate it, you may just not be in a job that you love. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's fine. true, too. Yeah.
3: Well, and I would say, too, like, <clears throat> some of that, if you're stressed about, you know, a new job or a new environment or, like, you're just not totally comfortable with what you're doing that, like, mm-hmm. I would reiterate, like, be patient because mm-hmm. that gets better. Right. Like, when I, I, I did on-the-job training for a year and a half. Right. And, I mean, you were my boss, and mm-hmm. it was rough, not because you were my boss, but, <laughs> like, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's clear yeah, but, yeah, right. yeah,
3: yeah. Not because you were my, but, like, it was rough because there was just things, like, something that would take me an hour now took me six hours because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, and I had to learn it as I went. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage you, like, you know, if it is if it is a job that you need to get out of, you should, but, like, be patient because some of that will get better as you learn, and some right. of that will... Will
0: become easier and be more patient than a week. Like I, I would talk to yeah. new employees, especially in learning positions, of, "Hey, the first year you learn, the second year <clears throat> you master it, and the third year you're going to innovate it." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That's the way that's that, that that's the way that I always thought about it." Like in developing younger leaders, is like, "It's it, be patient with yourself. Year one, mm-hmm. year two, you know."
4: My one other thought is that like in that forty-hour week, also. The the time that you're serving the Lord doesn't just happen on Sunday morning Mm -hmm. with, um, like, volunteering, you know? So if you don't have as much time to give to, like, the church, that's okay if if work is a place that you get to, like, pour out to your coworkers. Like, that's totally fine. And so don't feel like that's something that, like, oh, I have to go work for 40 hours and then I also have to volunteer so much, you know, 15 hours a week or whatever. You know, with church, it can we do need help like doing a lot of stuff because we are a brand new church, but you know, like your work is mission is your mission field as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's not, it can be like, it can be an either or it doesn't have to be both. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And
0: putting them juxtaposed, maybe something that you're putting in your head that, that shouldn't belong there. Sure. Like, uh, you know, Saturday I wouldn't shovel snow for three hours uh, so that we could get into, to the church on Sunday morning. And I came home like, Man, I mean, I was sore, and I was tired. If I came home, it was fun. Like, I, yeah. I I was, like, thinking about, hey, I get to do this for the Lord. Like, I get to participate. Like, I enjoyed when uh, Bree and Caden showed up, and they were working as a married couple there. Like, and, I mean, if you've met, Br- like, Caden, like, Caden's, like, he's picking up chunks of, of mm-hmm. snow, you know, <laughs> and ice. And then you have little Bree over there just, like, stabbing away at it. But it was, like, but it, it, it really is, like, you know, like, because work is not the enemy and, and it isn't otherwise Jesus would not have called you to a yoke right right you know and he wouldn't have given in the first thing by the way in the garden before it was ruined God commanded man to work right you know and his wife to work like that's that's a well I, I, there'll be labor in heaven. Yeah, you know, it's not one big Netflix like where there's always a new movie to watch <laughs> or a new series to binge. Like, Dang. it's going to be a place. <laughs> there's going to be a new earth and there's going to be I new mean, heaven. Like, it's, there's going to be things to do, and uh, and and it's not like work is the the, the devil. It, and, right. And so I think the rest is a big part of it. I think again you know, we talked about taking advantage of those times that were are with people, and then and then and also seeing it as a privilege. Yeah. You know, like I think sometimes we can look at things that are blessings, and what you know, and look and, and think of them mm-hmm. as a curse. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah, I think just one last thing I'll, I'll throw in there is I I went into the military right out of high school, and you know, that kind of set a new expectation for work. Yeah. kinda of They have hours, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's really about expectation management when you go right. into something, and I think a lot of employers. Don't do a good job of helping you set expectations. So you yeah. have these expectations. I see that a lot as an employer that a lot of young people come out of college and hey, I just spent four years and 250 grand and I can contribute right away, you know, and they they have this expectation of like, jumping right in and contributing you know that's the reason the military they have boot camp they have a school they have all these different things you're not even doing your job until a year later Mm -hmm. you know and um but when you're doing it you're operating against you know uh, russia during the cold war you Mm -hmm. know you're controlling aircraft you know that there's 21 million dollar aircraft that trust your directions, you know, whatever it is at a very young age. So I'm using that extreme example of give yourself, be patient with yourself, master your your job, become a, become a student of your job, master that job and go, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, and they used to, we used to do that with obstacle courses in the military where basically we called them obstacle courses because they were not fun, right? And then we called them confidence courses. It was like, how fast can we do it? You know, mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that mindset shift, mm-hmm. when you hit that, it's all of a sudden, that's a new playground. It's a playground now versus something you dread, right? So a lot of times it's mindset as well.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we got a lot of questions here about good boundaries to not be a workaholic. And I realize this may be a hard conversation for this side of the table, particularly when you're an entrepreneur and this guy, right? Well, all of us, actually. I was (laughs) was going to say you. you As I started thinking through it, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, I think most people I know in this room, like, you know, there's kind of two digits, like, you're lazy and you don't want work. And then there's people that are like... You see too much. Like Kurt talked about that. And you see too much value. Like you, you think work is bad or work is God. And in areas that creates workaholicism, like we become workaholic. I don't even know if is a word. It is just now. now. It is now. It is yeah. now. It's on yeah, a podcast, right. so it is now. We made up a word. Congratulations. You were here for the birth of something in the English language. Uh, but, you know, what are some ways, practical ways that you guys have found to kind of keep that in check that you're not a workaholic. Like what are the boundaries? Maybe what are the tells? What are the things that are going, okay, this is this is these are things I, I, I have to have disciplines in my life to make sure that I'm putting work in the right box in the right place and it doesn't spill over and ruin every, you know and ruin everything else.
1: Jesse, you look like
3: you're yep. <laughs> uh Yeah I think like one of the things you guys have way more experience than I do in this, but like, I think one of the things that I found is like, I had to find something that would allow me to completely disconnect. Um, and for me, that was like, like I work at my computer all day. That's, I'm, I'm there for, you know, eight to 12 hours, depending on the day. Um, and I had to find something that I could do to work with my hands. And so that was um, home projects or I did woodworking in our old house and, Um, you know, I'd listen to a podcast or listen to a sermon and then I would be done. I'd be like, oh, I just, I didn't think about work at all for like Mm -hmm. four hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was like, that's more healthy than I realized because then it's like, okay, now I can hop back into it. I feel like revitalized. Um, that's one thing among many that you can do, but I think that was something that really helped, um, Mm -hmm. just finding a way to completely disconnect from, Mm -hmm. from, from work.
4: One of the things that I've heard about, like, resting or Sabbathing is that, um, like Jesse said, he works with this, like, on the computer, so he works with his mind a whole lot, right? And so then he has to, like, do something with his hands. So if you work with your mind as your as your day job, then work with your hands as, like, your fun thing. And then if you work with your hands as your day job, then work with your mind as like your fun thing so that you can totally disconnect. Mm -hmm. So it's completely different and you get that ability to just turn work on. That's good. That's
2: good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good indicator for me has always been when I lose those boundaries is in, is what I think about when I first wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gives you a good indicator that you're okay. You're leaning more towards the workaholicism or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and then it's funny you say four hours sure. because that's exactly the amount of time most of the time it takes to play around a round of golf. So mm. um, golf is my kind of outlet. I get that 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 four hours, you know, sometimes it's a little less, sometimes it's a little more. Sure, um, is just that almost mind numbing time because the the game is so frustrating. If you guys play, <laughs> that you don't you it's can't think of, right, yeah, you can't think of uh, anything else outside of that. So it's a good yeah. reset, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go in a different direction here a little bit. Um, I think you know we're talking to a very young group of people here. You know, I think um, in your first four or five years coming out of school and stuff, you've I think you got to be a workaholic. I know it sounds crazy, but I think we live in a society where everybody's saying, you know, uh, you need your little safe space, you need uh, protection, you know, and I just don't think we do hard things. You know, and I think that for, before you're married, before you're um, in a career, you know, that's your time to do the hard stuff. You know, for me, it was the military, you know, but um, Ma- um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Gladwell. Um, Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell. Thank Glad you. To. I don't to say Max. I've been talking to Max all day. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell says, you know, we need 10,000 hours to kind of master something. We're going to be a skateboarder. Or you're going to be mm-hmm. um, something, and and when do you do that? You know, you got to do that when you're, you know, coming out, and definitely this discipline of building in proactive, planned um, balance in your life. You know, what am I going to do? Family? I need relationships. I just can't work and sleep. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this to go. I'm going to go to church to get relationships. I'm going to be in a home group. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, but you need to put in those early years, in my opinion, to develop that. Otherwise, I see a lot of people 30 years old and they're ready to call it a game, you know, and they've not really ever worked hard, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, you know. So, I don't know, that's just me, Kevinology. I know it's kind of (laughs) uh, against the grain a little bit, but, you know, I hire people and I fire people a lot, you know, and we don't have a workforce that's prepared to do what's needed efficiently Mm-hmm. to compete
2: in this world, you know? I can't completely disagree with you either. So, I mean, I know us old guys say that about <laughs> the young <guys. laughs> um but, but, I mean, because you have less of those baskets that you have to fill. Like, most of the time when you're young, you don't have the family that right. you have to, you know, balance that. So, right. we, so you're right. I mean, depending on what you want to do in your career um, and what career path you take, some take more. I mean, some take more hours to shine. I mean, you know, I think a, a good employee, especially young, is there early and late. Um, but you also, like those boundaries we got to go back to, we can't let it take over everything we talked about. Absolutely. Still keeping that balance, and that's certainly important.
0: Yeah, I think what you're talking about is seasons. Seasons, yeah. yeah, there's, exactly. there, yeah. there's seasons in your life mm-hmm. where you're going to have to do more than others. So like right. when I worked in college ministry, it was very easy for me. I could look at a student, say, like a, a first-year yeah. ministry worker, and I'm like, hey, look, in August when students are here, and you're trying to reach freshmen, I'm not going to bat an eye if you're working 60, 80 hours a week. You have 168 hours a week. All right, you're going to spend probably uh, 40 of those sleeping, you know, so you've got around 120 to work with because there's an opportunity there that you need to take advantage mm-hmm. of. Now, if we get into November and you're still doing that, we're going to have a talk. Like, right. you need to yeah. down. But you also need to know that students leave. There's going to be time that you rub down the engines. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so like sometimes people, there is a thing about a nine to five that we talk about in America that just doesn't fit. Like yeah. my buddy works in the oil company. And so he's on a platform for six three, weeks. Right. Yeah, three, yeah, four three, four to six yeah. weeks, yeah. Yeah. you know, and he's off and it's like, and he's working 12 hour shifts. Like I can't look at him and say, that's not real work. And you even see it in Jesus. So yeah. Jesus would have times where he would meet with people from, you know, sun up to sundown mm-hmm. and are late into the hours and would speak all day with people, and it was like there wasn't. I, I think there's that that the keyword. You kind of said balance. I, I think about it as like gospel rhythms. Yeah, yeah. Like right. rhythms of and, and understanding it, and then there's an aspect of going, "What do I? What has God given me to steward?" Mm-hmm. Because you you can't blow up your family because you have ambitions about right. Your, your Absolutely, career, correct. Right. Correct. And so, like wh- where you are in your stage of life, and I agree. I think as a young person, like. Going the extra mile, you got a lot to learn, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it, and then and you have you have a lot of time, by the way, mm-hmm. right? If, um, I know you don't feel like you have a lot of time, guys, but you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, right. Let me let me tell you that right now, as a father of three, you do. Correct. And and that time shrinks, and that's been something that's been adjusted in my life. Yeah, that I've seen growing in my seasons. Where you know we started a college ministry in Texas, and we had one child, and for the first month, my family wasn't there. Because we just said hop into it, and so I was working, 12, 13 hour days because it was August and we had to do it. But if 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 I got three months into that, I'm gonna blow up. You know, mm-hmm. like I gotta scale back, or I have to create seasons of rest, mm-hmm. seasons of respite. Like you have vacation days, you should use right, them right, right. You now. Yeah. Your employer gives them to you for a reason, right? Right, um, and use those vacation days. And uh, now there are some jobs too that you, you we I think we have to recognize that friends that might have had where the company is shaped in such a way that they want to burn you out in two years and spit you out Mm -hmm. just because they know Mm -hmm. they can just put another person in Right, right.
4: You're just a cog in the wheel. Yeah, right. and
0: those are great places to get experience. They're not great places to To, labor for. To stay, right. Right, you Mm -hmm. know, and so knowing Mm -hmm. those kind of things... So It's more complex than just like, well, you got to work nine to five. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's why it's great to have mentors in your life. You have, yeah, people absolutely. that have that professional mentors or people who are older than you mm-hmm. uh, um, to help you navigate those things, the particulars of it, you know. But workaholicism, like, I, I think a piece of that too is like where you find your identity. In. Yeah, no, I
1: agree. I, yeah, I, I think fundamentally, it's either you you're, if you're not taught it at home to have that self discipline mm-hmm. of and and have a the experience of seeing your parents go through it. If you're around alcoholics, you know, it's easy to become an alcoholic, right? right? If you're um, a work around, my dad was a workaholic, you know. I specifically said, I'm not going to do that when I have kids. When Mm -hmm. I had kids, I literally, uh, my kids would say, it's a balancing act. You go through phases. But, Mm -hmm. you know, my kids, uh, I was writing a book, starting a business, and, Mm -hmm. Doing so all at one time, and and I, m- I remember hearing one of the pastors I followed say, "If they knock on the door, give them extreme grace," you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing, because you're not in a mindset. And I was like, "Okay, extreme grace," you know. And, Dad, can we go play football? You know, I'm like, "Oh man, I got so much to do right now," you know. But mm-hmm. I look back now as a 55 year old man, and I go, "I am so glad I went and played football." Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would pay ten thousand dollars right now to go back in that moment and play football with my son again. I get goosebumps saying that, you know, because, but I had men in my life saying you need to do that when that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Because I tend to be a workaholic, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I didn't do it right all the time. Don't get me wrong. But those moments in time, you will not regret later. But there was times where I didn't sleep at all. I literally wrote proposals all night long Morning came and I went to work, you know, yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, but I won the big deals that gave me time to take my family on vacation to go and do the fun things that we could do. See, right?
0: there's a season. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. right. a moment. It's like, it's okay to have, it's not like every moment of your life is meant to look that right. way. Like right. it's like, but there's a season where it's like, hey, there should be a rhythm to your life. There may be some times where you're working more or not, but if you're always working, right. And you're always mm-hmm. like, you know, like, man, that, that's, that's, That's going to lead to destruction in your life. Right. Go ahead.
4: Sorry. I was going to say, like, I think, you know what Jesus did perfectly was abide, right? He was always abiding with the Father and was very, very connected to Mm -hmm. the vine, and that makes a huge difference. And Mm -hmm. so I think if we're abiding, then we're also attentive to the Spirit. And so we can feel the Spirit move and, like, when He prompts us and says, go play football Mm -hmm. or take a rest or, Mm -hmm. I mean, to the stay-at-home moms who are doing work at home as well, right? right? Like, baby is crying and I have a bunch of other things to Mm -hmm. do. But he's not going to be little forever. And mm-hmm. so if you need to take a nap on my chest, I'm going to sit here and just breathe and relax and just enjoy this moment because it's going to, it's fleeting, you know, and it's not going to last forever. And I'm going to exactly. blink and he's going to be mm-hmm. 18 and I'm not going to cry. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, I mean, that like, happens, just, that happens. It, if you're going to blink
1: and you're <laughs> and walking down the aisle. And, yeah. and, and
4: yeah. so like, you know, but, but abiding and, and being attentive, like being sensitive to the spirit so that you know, like, hey, this is a time to push, mm-hmm. to have grit, to stick it out, to persevere, mm-hmm. and to be in this season of work. Mm-hmm. And then this is a season of rest. And whether it's a season of work or a season of rest, abiding so that you're so that Jesus mm-hmm. is your master, so that mm-hmm. that is who you're working for. Mm-hmm. You're not working for the paycheck or the couch. Well, and
3: I will say one more thing. Like going back to what Chris said yesterday. Um, Like, I think you got to keep your motivations in check, too. Mm. Like he was saying, like, you work for the glory of God. And Mm -hmm. I think allowing that to inform what you're doing right now, like, there's a lot of things you can ask yourself. Like, is this going to matter in 100 years? Yeah. Um, And a lot of times, like, are you working for the glory of God? Are you working to have your name on a plaque? Mm -hmm. Are you working so that you're going to have this money? Like, like, that is not going to matter in 100 years. There are some things you can do to work
0: really hard that will, Mm -hmm. but there's a
3: lot that won't.
0: Yeah, and I, could, I think you could work a 40-hour job and and still feel exhausted. Yes. Yes, And, feel absolutely like, and, kind of yeah. Yeah. and you could have a yeah. guy. Cause, and also I know guys that work 60-, 70 hour a week jobs, and they're completely fulfilled. Totally. Yeah. It. yeah, totally. And, yeah. and I think something sometimes it has to do with capacity, but God can grow that capacity. And mm-hmm. then sometimes it has to do with, mm-hmm. like, those gospel rhythms you talk about, place yeah. yeah. in your life, abiding, like, work is holy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's and, and so it's good. It's not bad. We mm-hmm. need to do it, but I. there's something I, very practical for me that I found is that that helps me cope in that area. It's like you do woodworking for me. It's finding a passion. It's golf or whatever. If you you can create little moments, it looks different in different stages. Uh, mm-hmm. Like for me, it's hunting, and uh, like I love to hunt. I write a lot of sermons while I'm sitting in a deer stand, you know, and I'm just thinking about it, and those are great. But I've found this is maybe something you guys can and you're going to enter into soon is that now some of my hobbies have to become like, 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 because that's to occupy your my mind is like coaching my son's basketball team, <laughs> which I have no business being a basketball coach. All right? <laughs> yeah. Very like I haven't played organized basketball. Since like the seventh grade, mm-hmm. and now I'm coaching eight year olds. We're undefeated, all right, mm-hmm. all right, and, and we crush teams, all right. Because but but yeah, okay, sorry.
2: <laughs> but like, But yeah, I know, I know.
0: But just that me thinking like, oh, we have basketball practice tonight. I need to figure that out. I, I, you got to have room for those kind of things. For 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 what God's given you, to Stuart. All right, we we've been on this for a long time. And uh, let me, anybody, unless somebody has something I'm like, hey, you're going to say, okay. I, just real quick, Great. biblical
1: perspective is Joseph didn't want to go to prison. Joseph didn't want to be a slave, you know, for mm-hmm. Potiphar. He did unto the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and to his family. You know, I right. teach this to my kids is, hey, the McGrew name means something. When people see you, they see McGrew. So make sure they—and same with the Lord. You're, you're doing it for the Lord because when people see you, they see the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're going to wash that floor like Joseph did, Potiphar gave him a raise. Like, hey, you did a really good job on that. Do you right. know math? You know, come to us and help, help me take right. an inventory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he went season victories, and he had defeats, right? And I think that's something that was taught to me at a young age is try to, I try to get 10 victories every day. I, fi- I, I call it fa, find a way, you know. Mm-hmm. So even though you're tired, even though you're hungry, even though, you know, whatever it is, find a way to get those 10 victories. Because you're going to have plenty of defeats thrown mm-hmm. at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I get 10 or more, I say 10, but usually it's 7, you mm-hmm. know. But you shoot for the moon, you get the stars, right? Yeah, you know? sure. So uh, anyways have goals like that, and I literally check off, victory, 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 and I I feel good Mm -hmm. about my day, where the days I don't have victory, same amount of work, Mm -hmm. I feel defeated, right? And so, Joseph is a great example Mm -hmm. of what we do every day leads to something bigger we don't see coming. That's right. He was the second in command of Egypt, and it's in the Egyptian books it says that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, but he was being prepared for something bigger, mm-hmm. and th- all through those trials. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: look at your work as God preparing you for something bigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's wax on, wax off, you know, kind of thing. You
0: know, what's even great about that story is is Jonah like that God used the worst thing that could happen in his life for the best thing for him and all those and the people that did things to him. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's like it, it was actually a great reflection to the gospel of like, Hey, the worst thing that humanity could have done would be killed Jesus and we did it and God used the worst thing to for the Amen. for the best thing for his kingdom and for us. It's Amen. like it's a it's a beautiful picture right there of that. All right, next question right here. With the pandemic, many companies with proper technology support are moving to hybrid, work from home, in the office, our remote workforces. Do you have any idea on how we can continue to be intentional or increase the amount of touch points we have with coworkers to share the gospel or love them well? Mm -hmm. Like how do we, uh, in a very becoming even more disconnected, connected world, how do we continue to connect and,
2: and, and use that where we live, mm-hmm. work, and play kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You know? That's certainly a challenge that we haven't faced before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, maybe I'm not the right person to talk about this, but so Teams has been a big deal with our company. And, um, and so we've gotten kind of creative with Teams, and there's mm-hmm. actually now like these after-hour social mixer type things on Teams, mm-hmm. which is kind of not my thing, but it's uh, it's an opportunity to – because, I, I mean, most of our company is actually 100% remote, so, they're never physically <coughs> seeing people, which is mm. real, real challenging. Yeah. So, I think being intentional about that, you know, I mean, I'm not a technology guy, but outside of your regular Teams meetings during the day, scheduling one of those with someone for a little, just like a, almost a meet and greet to dig a little deeper um, mm. can be awkward, but we're supposed to be weird, right? That's what yeah. Chris said yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's certainly a challenge right now without physically. Mm -hmm. being with someone all the time. I think one thing, um, so I work from home and I'm I'm still
3: learning this. So this isn't something I'm a master at by any means. But uh, one thing I found has kind of helped is when a client will call and um, always start the call with, Hey, how are you doing? Um, And just small things like that, like 90% of the time, it doesn't matter. Good. All right. I want to talk about this. And it goes Mm -hmm. right there. Every once in a while, he'll say, I'm real, man, this is like, I'm really frustrated about this. And I'll be able to ask him, okay, mm-hmm. what happened there? And then he'll talk to me and it'll end up being like a 10-minute conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's just things like that that you're just kind of building that trust with yeah. with those clients mm-hmm. over time. Um, and so, you know, that's tough because you don't want to take time from his clock. But on the other hand, like, just asking those questions and being available if he does answer, um, that's been really, it's been really interesting. Like, it's just 100% phone calls and Zoom
2: calls. But he's been able to talk to me about things that, that he's struggling with. It's a whole new culture now. Like yeah, there's just right. New culture. Like in our in our business, there is. So if there's a one o'clock call, people start popping on that call about fifteen minutes till or ten till, and that's when yeah. all the like the little side chatter, conversations right. and chatter happens. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Nice time to get to ask about family and maybe yeah. interject some things quickly. Um, so utilize that if you, if you have the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah i I've, I've been fine. Uh, I'm. I'm learning this as well I, I do work from home I work at Cohatch I mm-hmm. you know I come to Cohatch specifically to try yeah. to get connections and that's how I met y'all and yeah. you know okay. uh, God opens doors when we just each show up right? That's right so one of the things that I learned recently was show up five minutes before I'm, I'm always like a one minute right before Zoom because I'm going back to back a lot of times right. So now I'm building in 15 minutes before the next meeting just to get on early for those who are getting on early. And it does allow, even with my clients, Mm -hmm. it allows me to have more chatter because once that clock hits that, we kind of go into business mode, right? right?
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so if in the virtual world, the question was, you know, in this pandemic environment is be there 10 minutes early, stay 10 minutes late. You know, I know that's hard to do and when expectations are there, mm-hmm. but fight for those sure. and see what opportunities God gives you. You know, I call them teachable moments with kids. Like as a parent, you kinda have, you know, moments that just come and go, like, Dad, what do the birds and the bees mean? You know, it's like, Mm. oh, you better be ready for that one, right, when it shows (laughs) (laughs) up. It's a teachable moment, right? But, 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 but instead of being dumbfounded, be ready to pounce on those teachable moments. Mm. As a Christian, to invest, people are going to say, you know, my my grandma just passed away, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me pray for you real quick before everybody gets here, you know, kind of thing, right? And so, um, I, that's happened to me more times than not, where I'm like, oh, it's like right in front of me here. And mm-hmm. I use that time to pour in and then quickly we're on to something else. But, you know, afterwards they call me and go, thank you so much. Or "What do you, mm-hmm. when you prayed for me, you just like closed your eyes and prayed. What does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. like, and um, like I do that with Muslim people and they're like, you gave me goosebumps when you did that. What, you mm-hmm. know, does that mean anything? You know, and I'm like. Let me tell you, you know, that That's is, cool. but That's, if, yeah. being bold and being ready for what God puts in front of you right. is what we should. What He asks of us—that's all He asks of us, That's all he asks yeah. of us right? Yeah. And so I think that's your opportunity to
0: do instead of trying to dig out opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I think I love how you guys say, I didn't even think about that, by the way, that if you're online, getting on five minutes, mm-hmm. staying a little bit later, mm-hmm. asking simple questions. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, something I think that I've actually seen you do, I was convicted by it today. Like, uh, you know, like coming, there are places like Cohatch, you know, all over even the city of Cincinnati. And there's more of these places everywhere where you can go work and meet people that's one of the reasons why mercy hill meets at a GoHatch is we want to the opportunity to rub shoulders with entrepreneurs and new people and 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 that just to be kind of a dna piece for us and so we've encouraged a lot of a lot of our people a lot of our church people hey go go Get one of these things; they're pretty cheap, especially if you're under 25. Mm-hmm. Go check. This is not a commercial; we get nothing from them. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you know, there's other ones. The living room. You click so, on my link, though. I do. Room, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like and subscribe. Hit right? <laughs> that little bell or whatever. You yeah, know, like that. Uh, uh, yeah. But it's just. Uh, uh, but th- that's one of the things that, like, when you walked in today, I noticed you walked in because you walked in about 10 minutes after me. And you walked straight to the host and said, hi, my name's is Kevin. He talked to him. I just walked straight to my meeting. Right. You know, and I was like, oh, man, because I was just on time for my meeting. I right. wasn't there five minutes early. And, and and I was watching you take advantage of that. I mean, we met through that. Yeah. You know, I was trying to get something done. You kept talking to me at the table. Was, yeah. Do you know, you know about
1: hunting? hunting?
0: Yeah. Teach me how to hunt. Yeah, that's right. Those kind of stuff is really is really important, you know, and and I think the boldness aspect that you said yeah. of yeah. like, hey, just pray for people, like, yeah. ask prayer for some. I think as Christians, we often feel like people are more adverse to that than 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 they really yeah. are.
1: I have to trust the Lord. Like I, what I've learned in my age is I was scared as a young person to do that, um, but what I've learned is when I just trust the, like the Lord, go before me. And open their heart, their eye, you know, I just say that little prayer right before, and I just say, I just jump right in. I, and it's all about them. It's, I'm loving on them through right. my prayer. I'm not like, right. you know, robotic or anything, but yeah. I have found that God breaks those walls that, for years, oh, somebody, like, they just have built up towards him, right? Yeah. And uh, it's given me, I now walk around with a sword, you know, because before it was a knife, you know. But, yeah. You know, but, yeah, I think we just need to be bold.
0: I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah, like, in it's simple questions. Like, this isn't a work thing, but I'll often look at waiters or waitresses, and I'll ask them, they're putting the food. And any opportunity, again, I'll be like, hey, is there anything we can do to pray for you right now? We're going to bless the food and. And I've had people just say, Yeah, I pray for this, but I've had people break down and sit at the table mm-hmm. and talk. You know, mm-hmm. you never know when you're bumping into one of those like Luke and the Ethiopian eunuch moments. Absolutely. Like I like, like, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch is is reading the book of Isaiah and and he feels like he's trying to he just came back from Sabbath, he's trying to figure out how to get a relationship with God. Like I believe a hundred percent that there are tens of thousands of people in the city of Cincinnati right now that are searching the internet. And late at night, laying up, thinking about how can I have a relationship with the, with God? And I, and I believe a lot of them are next to us that are our coworkers. They're people we bump into every day, and God is just waiting for us to, like, step into their chariot mm-hmm. and ask him a simple question. Yeah. That leads that way. Okay, it is—we've gone about an hour here. I'm going to end with this last question. We're going to close it off. Okay. All right? And it's— uh, And it's a question that a person asked, and I think they're – I'll just read it. It says, what is the line between being obedient to an employer and knowing when to walk away? So what's the point where it's like, okay, you need to step away from this job, you know?
1: I'm an employer. I'll talk from an employer's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Do everything – as you do it unto the Lord, and I mean everything. So, if if you're feeling like you don't belong here, awesome. I've told this to my kids. My son did not like working for one of the pizza places. I won't name the name, but he worked at a pizza place and he burned his arm. You know, like he just did not like the job, right? And I said, you need to give him two weeks. You know, that's the standard. That's the mm-hmm. expectation. But give them three weeks, you know. Say and 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 give them your all. What employers fear is you're going to be there for two weeks. They'd rather let you go,
4: mm-hmm. right, than
1: to uh, keep pay you for you. two yeah. weeks, yeah. pay you, yeah. and you're yeah. and, and now they got to deal with somebody who's bitter and and, right. and poisoning the well as they go out. You know, right. it's definitely as an employer something I think about. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can only speak for myself and my kids. Is like give do even more during that time. 'Cause you know what? They get he got a reference that got him a way better job mm-hmm. because he gave us three weeks notice and he did this and he did that. Sure. And he's a great employee, you know. Mm-hmm. He got a job, he beat out a lot of people older than him because of he had a reference versus that <laughs> oh I don't like it here and that's a bad you know, I'm not even gonna tell people I work there. So, anyways, do it unto the Lord. You're not working for the employer, you're working for the Lord.
0: Right.
1: Because you're not meant to be there. Give him the time plus more. What Jesus said, if you've stolen from somebody, give them four times their money back, right? Mm-hmm. That That's what fixes it. It's not like you, okay, I stole from you. Here's your money back. It's, I give you four times your money back. My hands are clean, mm-hmm. right? And so I think as employees, we need to look at our names, our parents' names, and the name we represent on high. You know, we are, as a Christian, what are we doing to represent God, Right. And when when we walk away from a bad situation, how do people look back and speak about you? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so ultimately if you use that as your guide, you'll figure out the, the, the so things to do.
0: Yeah. So that's a great way to talk about how to leave well, which is awesome. I'm glad you shared that. And then what are the, some for you guys those so are, are the questions, questions like when do you know when it's time to walk away
2: from you know like, I think at that moment when you realize you don't align really any you know, ethically with that company or some decisions or the way they treat customers and that's the culture. And if you're, if you're in there and you give it, you know, you give it your all and there's this no change in direction, I think it's time to, yeah, I think it's time to start looking.
4: I think having a conversation with your boss too is really important. I think it's easy to just um complain to your spouse or your friends or even your other co-workers about your work but then have you actually said like hey these are the problems and these are the things that I think could be different mm-hmm. because a lot of times employers want to know that right they like they, they're not on the ground in the same way that you are and so they want to see like mm-hmm. not just here's the problem but like here are the things right. so like have you yeah. tried that and if you've tried that and they're not listening and they haven't taken your advice mm-hmm. then yeah it might be time to look for something else. I think you also
2: have to be sensitive to why you're making this decision, sometimes we're upset with the portion of our job or something yeah, like right, that. Right. We're looking for an excuse and it's yeah, not necessarily, yeah, you know, then yeah. we're going, oh, they do. I don't like the way they treated this customer or something. That, mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just this series of, mm-hmm. you know, of, of decisions that companies make or, or you know, it could be the product that they're making you don't line with. There's a, there's a new company near our hometown that just totally changed the name of their company to it's a really offensive name. You know, it's mm. like, you know in no way would you see the name of this and go that's a christian company um so that's one that i would consider um yeah,
1: yeah. Consider or it might be a boss you know i i had a boss he's every other word was the f word you know like it just yeah. it was, it was it felt abusive a little bit you know yeah. but um i went to him and challenged him on it and he was like you know too bad suck it up right and then I went to the his boss and I just said, hey, I'm looking at leaving. You know, this is the reasons why, you know. And next day he was fired, you know, because they didn't align. Not that I was trying to get him fired. Sure. But the, those principles didn't align with, like, that's Even why I was thinking company. of leaving. Because the, what the company was saying and what he was doing was not aligning. Right. right? Yeah. And so a lot of times we're fearful of bringing up the elephant in the room. Right. Right. And confront it. It's like, it's very biblical. If you have an issue Mm -hmm. with somebody, you go to that person. Right. Mm -hmm. If you, they don't respond, you go to the elders. If they don't respond, you go to
2: the you know, community. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. So don't, don't forget to take the proper channels within proper channels. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like,
3: (laughs) I think one thing we also have to remember there is like, I think all of you guys have said it, but have you given it the proper time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if, if, like, we believe that God's sovereign and he's placed you where you're placed for a reason, that person might be the place you're placed in that place for a reason. Um, and I didn't say that right. Whatever. That's you fine. get what I'm saying? What saying. We got um, <laughs> Yeah. So, like, I like I think we got to be careful about getting mad at broken people for being broken. Yeah. So, like, we yeah. are on mission. And so, like, have you given it the time to try and engage that person?
4: Yeah.
3: Um, and rather than discounting being like, hey, this is unhealthy, I'm, you know, I'm out. Yeah. Forget this. Right. So. Yeah, I think you don't
4: quit a job until, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ernie, but I don't right. think you quit a job until you have another job lined up, too. So if you don't have another job lined up, then that's the Lord saying, like, hey, you probably need to stay here because you can't pay bills with no money. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because I just think about Sometimes your mom. I think that's true. It can be. But, like, I just think about your mom and how she – um just was really miserable at work and just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed prayed that the Lord would give her something else and let her go somewhere else. And she looked and looked and interviewed and it just never worked out. And then some things in the company shift and some of the people, some of the bad management left. And now she's the president of a company. (laughs) She got promoted. I mean, it has this like baller job and it's because she had the grit to stick it out. And so that was Mm. what I meant by the, like the perseverance there, right? Of like, um, it, like, don't leave if you don't have something else lined up. More or put than some likely, like, out there, right? Like, and so, like, that—that that can be a way that you test. Like, hey, is this the Lord? Is this something the Lord wants me to stick out? Like, do I need to just have some grit here? And is He growing my perseverance here? I think there's yeah.
0: a lot of wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I would say, yeah, I think that's a great wise thing to think. Like, well, you probably should try to line up another job first, but it may not be a rule. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I love how you're saying. Like, I agree. I think that a lot of times that we need to grow on our grit. We need to grow on our ability to stick it out a bit longer, and we need to let the our employer off the hook for being Jesus. Yes. Yes. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like, 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 okay. If you were like a great question to ask yourself is like, okay, if you were as scrutinizing of yourself as you are of them, would you be in the same place? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and how right. if if you if you work for you, would you be excited about what you're saying and doing right now? Like. Would you be excited about the kind of employee you're being? I I don't know. But what I heard you guys say is kind of three different things. Like, hey, professionally, it may not be a fit. That's a good reason to leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, Convictionally, like there may be some things ethically that they're doing that you don't agree with. Like, I think it's totally okay to step out of a business opportunity because you don't ethically agree with what's happening right there. It it crosses your convictions. And then relationally, like if there's a relationship that's with a business, like a boss that is, abusive or and like and go through the proper channels and all that. But those are three reasons I think mm-hmm. I heard you yeah. say mm-hmm. that you can think through and there may be more, but that's what mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well hey, thank you guys. We're we're about ten minutes over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this one would be like a forty five minute one. Man was I wrong. You yeah, got talkers uh, here. I know, I know. <laughs> and and uh there was just a wealth of wisdom there that our people will learn from and grateful for you guys and your involvement in our church and excited to see what God does going forward. Thank you guys for tuning in. You won't see another one of these. This was special to the Life series. We may do more stuff like this in the future, but no promises. So Mm -hmm. we'll still have our sermon so that we're going to be putting on YouTube. So see you guys later. Thank you.